Be Short Now presents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the panel Festivals of the Present, Festivals of the Future. It's already a third day of uh, Torino Short Film Market this year going fully online. Uh, my name is Emilia Magic, and I'm a Festival of Shortwaves uh, Festival from Poland and also a member of editorial team of Talking Shorts, which is a co-organizer of today's session. Before I will introduce our lovely guests uh, of today, let me very briefly say a few words about Talking Shorts. Mm, so Talking Shorts is an online magazine dedicated to short films. Our goal is to make short films more visible and to create a wider discourse about the art form. Uh, Be Short Now is a series of industry events, meetings, panels, talks and keynotes um, focusing on short films and their festival ecosystem. And the recording of this uh, today's sessions will be later available at talkingshorts.com slash be short now. Okay, so uh, that's all uh, when it comes to the introductions. Let me now um, very warmly welcome our guests of today. I'm, happy that, I'm very happy that we are um, all now, because Lars has just uh, joined us perfectly on time. Um, so today I will have a pleasure to moderate a talk with uh, three guests from three different festivals. Um, we will have with us Elor Bilani, head of DocuLab, uh, DocuFest from Kosovo. Lars Henry Gass, a festival director of International Kurzfilmtage Oberhausen from Germany. And Nina Rodriguez Lima, um, director of programming from Guantanamo International Film Festival from Mexico. Hello, everyone. Um, yes. Let's uh, start with a very, very uh, open question about your experiences of uh, 2020, which was definitely a very disruptive uh, year for the festival landscape. So please tell us, share with us, uh, what have you learned from it? And uh, also on the top of that, uh, what was your um, favorite or most inspiring uh, online or hybrid event of 2020? Um, you can start whoever you want and please audience you can start the you can also write us questions uh, during the talk in the chat box or you can address them also at the end of the session okay Amelia, maybe because my mic is unmuted so maybe i start first hi everyone it's a really pleasure to be here uh, thanks for uh, inviting me to share our experiences that we had of this very, very challenging year uh, for all of us uh, who are in a film festival circuit. Um, our festival is in, was in August and uh, we were kind of hoping that, uh, you know, until the last moment we would be able to at least do a hybrid festival, but because of the measures imposed by the government and because of the numbers of the, uh, people getting impacted and um, most of the cinemas were closed and uh, most of the events were cancelled. As you know, uh, to all of you who have been to our festival, we have a very diverse program, outdoor screenings, we have a lot of music events, which we cancelled, of course, um, and we had to shift um, to uh, 
uh, literally to shift 72. <laughs> uh, we did a, <clears throat> we did a partnership with the festival scope and uh, uh, moves very quickly our platform uh, online. Uh, when it comes to uh, you know running a film festival in Kosovo and uh, in Balkans in particular, uh, it's it's a very very difficult uh, to kind of reach your audiences in a way uh, because they are very unfamiliar with the online. They are very hesitant for online uh, payments. So basically, uh, not a lot of people like to share their uh, credit card information to buy the tickets. And also being in Kosovo, you know, there is no PayPal that works. So that, that was uh, kind of an added burden to uh, organizing an online festival. And then we found out something which was really, really uh, <laughs> kind of a, a top, uh, a cherry uh, on the top of the cake. Uh, Kosovo, we realized that Kosovo as a state doesn't have IP addresses. So there was no range of IP addresses. And, <laughs> and that was a problem kind of uh, like the first edition of the festival, you know, when we started organizing a film festival in a city without a cinema. Uh, this was like organizing an online festival in a country without IP addresses. So this, this kind of created problems uh, with uh, a lot of distributors, with a lot of sales agents, uh, because we, would, we had to open the IP addresses for Serbia, for Albania, for North Macedonia. And uh, because, you know, the IP ranges were coming from these three countries. Uh, however, um, the festival went really, really well. Uh, and what I can uh, really take uh, from this edition of the festival, from this online edition of the festival, is that we managed to do our music performances. We did them online. And we partnered with a lot of performers, musicians who pre-recorded their sessions uh, and sent it to us. And we had almost um, every night uh, music performances. And maybe the best part for us, you know, that run, that organized the festival was that this year we had a, most of the time to hang out with our staff, which is not the case, you know, during uh, regular uh, festival editions, because we pay a lot of attention to our guests, to the program, to the venues. But this uh, online version gave us a lot of uh, time to socialize with our staff to understand what they like about their work, what they don't like about their work. Uh, we kind of identified several staff members who had a really, really nice uh, uh, technological knowledge, so which helped a lot in you know uh, shifting everything to an online uh, platform. Uh, the bottom line was that, you know, hopefully this was the first and the last edition that we are doing online. But what we have learned is that, you know, uh, this will remain with us. I mean, we will definitely continue using uh, online options because there are also several opportunities, which I believe we will be talking uh, in the future. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Errol. Uh, very, very interesting uh, stories. Would you like to very briefly add also or name any other online event that you attended uh, and appreciated this year or your DocuFest, DocuLab experience was the one that you wanted to share with us? Uh, no, I, I was a jury in Doc Munich, which was also 
quite a nice experience. They had built their own platform. Um, I also um, had a, an opportunity to check out Doc Leipzig's uh, platform, uh, the market, and uh, and I mean, it's more or less the same because now each and every festival has either their own platform or they have partnered with um, you know the different platforms that provide the services. Uh, me personally, I for me. Uh, sharing the experience with people in the cinema, it's not the same like watching it online. I mean, def it's definitely not. And um, okay. this, was, this was something This was something that me personally hated about this online uh, version because, you know, everything else that we do, we do it in front of the, the small screens. But cinema is something where you, you know, in the and in the festivals in particular, it's where you meet with people, you talk films after the screenings, you talk about collaborations, you talk about, uh, you know, you learn new things, you create new partnerships, you create new friendships, which was something that, you know, the moment that Zoom link was off, you were off. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Errol. It's a very, very strong opinion on the uh, digital environment. Let's check with the others. Uh, Nina, how about you? Yes, hi everybody. Uh, thank you and a uh, very nice group to, to chat with. Um, so to tell a bit about our experience and which directly relates to uh, what Errol just said, um, in the end we were able to, to do a hybrid edition. Uh, our festival, I think, in, 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 in a normal year is comparable to, um, to um, DocuFest. Um, it's a very public event. We do a lot of, we're in two historic cities. We have a lot of outdoor screenings as well and a lot of like, you know, the historical theaters and, uh, and it's an audience event. And, um, and the whole uh, experience of, uh, of connecting people like audiences and filmmakers, but also filmmakers among each other is like the core heart of what we do. So, uh, so when we like when this whole thing started, it's like oh my god, we're losing like the, the. Of course, we can do we can show films online, but it will never like it was a the the. I mean, it was a um, a chance, an opportunity to to know what's or to refocus on on what's really important for you and um, and to rethink how we can do that. No. But um, but yeah, we were very scared, or we were very. It was a challenge to to recreate what like what's what's important for us, and um, so in normally the festival is in July, and uh, in in March we decided that we'll postpone the festival to to end September. Of course, hoping that. Uh, that everything would be uh, over by then, but also like realizing that, so this gave us a bit more time and uh, and uh, yeah, what we learned as well from this time, I think uh, is that, uh, that we are all very flexible. I was very motivated by, to name a different event by what uh, Vision du Ruel did. We were like one of the first events to, uh, affected by the thing and who like within a week or two and also CPH docs, um, uh, had to like uh, shift online and but how that happened and the way that that happened and everything uh, I thought was very inspiring and motivating and um, so we kind of copied a lot of stuff from there and like I felt like as an audience member but also like I was like several friends had films there and stuff and then I saw that uh, I don't know 500 people were watching the intro to one of the films and so I, I thought yeah I mean of course there there is a 
more audiences out there and there's uh, of course uh, uh watching films online is nothing new and um um so most of our audiences also watch films online so yeah so um so right away when we decided to postpone the dates to september but we also knew that nobody or few people will be able to travel uh, whatever happens and i think that's might be the case for next year as well so we already decided okay let's do this let's try this online stuff and um but it was very important like errol just said uh, for us as well it's um, i mean the the cinema as a as an experience as like a community and uh, you know sitting in a dark room uh, that was very important for us so um so we didn't know until like weeks before whether we were able, but the cinemas were op were opening like week by week in Mexico uh, by the state. And here it remained closed quite long, but then it was open. So they were at 30%. And, um, and um, even, I mean, some of the, so some of our screenings uh, in the cinemas and like the chain cinemas were, were full and others, there were not so many people. And like in general, like the experience, there was tenant in the cinemas and they said like the people from the cinemas uh, said that like maximum audience, there is like 15 people or something for a blockbuster. Um, I don't know, but it like, even if there's one person and, and we have the chance to put the, I mean, if the cinema is open and we can put the film on the screen, of course we, we will do that. Uh, and it and it meant a lot for the filmmakers and like from the feedback that we got from people even that didn't go even that didn't like weren't able to to watch anything online uh, we got a lot of feedback from people so um uh, yes we also did uh, drive-in theaters uh, and we did uh, we have a very like we're in those like super nice cities and so we found a very nice um, sort of lake where we had a little boat cinema so um so we did we tried to do everything like we tried to be creative and um and as an event in mexico or like as like we never have been an event with like a big budget and there was like the year before also there was a change in the government and we had to adapt so kind of like from our history we've always been flexible we've also tried to always like do new stuff like we have like this vr section and uh whatever so we um so I think we were kind of prepared in that way. And we did um, with the VR section or with that, my colleagues there, we did also like this virtual campus where you could create your avatar and hang out. Personally for me, it's not my thing, but it worked. And it like, we did some industry meetings there and you like, I mean, I needed somebody else to show me, but like they were all there. And uh, I mean, it was like, so we tried like on all levels what we can do. And of course this type of conversations we're having right now, uh, uh, are also great and are also, um, you know, can be attended by many more people than than in real life and uh, and will be there forever and like people can rewatch it. And I'm sure we did one, one similar conversation that Enrico participated and that I'm sure we're going to be showing to to our in our labs for the next uh, year. So. Yes. So, yeah. Um. So flexibility <laughs> and possibility to test new things and adapt. And how about Oberhausen, a festival with a very rich history, which this year for the first time went fully online. Lars, would you like to share your experience? But let's, let's uh, uh, try to move fast because this is just the first part of our talk and there are many to come. Okay, I try to be brief. Uh, so we, we tried from the beginning on to not to replicate the festival 
uh, we were very much interested to create a kind of an internet urgency uh, experience because uh, we all already felt a, a kind of fatigue with uh, you know streaming platforms uh, where you just spend more time in you know searching for films than watching them actually. So we created, and that was maybe the, the major decision, uh, a kind of a festival blog. I mean, a blog technically seen is not very innovative actually, but uh, in, in the combination with online competition, it was basically new and it created that kind of internet urgency so that people were sort of, um, um, you know, hooked by the fact, you know, that there is something going on. So we, uh, we held like you here in uh, Torino uh, discussions and conversations and presentations and things like that. So the, the major question was, um, how can we avoid to replicate just a physical uh, festival and how can we question, um, you know, our own um, conventions? you know, how to held a festival, because we all know, uh, you know, the term festival usually means there's a limitation of space and time. And what, what triggers me and fascinating me a lot is the, uh, the idea of expanding that term and the idea of festival in general. Uh, so we possibly will talk about, about this uh, a bit later. Thank you. Thank you, Lars. Uh, I just wanted to ask you also um, if you also would like to mention uh, maybe some other inspiring film events that you attended this year, if there were any that really also opened your eyes to this new festival um, possible structure for next year's. I'm sure there were many and there are still many. Um, I, as I, said I, I I'm not very much into watching films online <laughs> so I I'm more into presenting uh, films to other people um, though I found uh, the Munich experience very convincing and so Munich and Oberhaus in Germany at least were I mean or are taken to be the most outstanding examples for, for the first decade of uh, online festivals in Germany. And that uh, went quite well. Uh, and we had the luck, you know, that uh, people were just keen, you know, how this was working. And, um, <clears throat> and so we had, uh, a both of us, uh, Munich and us, we had a substantial income on that. Uh, surprisingly enough and uh, I mean we in the Oberhausen we donate, donated all the money the box office online uh, which uh, caused uh, some problems to be honest uh, with my board because they said well if you guys can spend 23,000 euros <laughs> for social <laughs> concerns so you don't need additional money so that were you know kind of problems. <laughs> Okay, thanks. Uh, oh, I see that the, the, the German festivals were highly popular. It's also a very nice gesture that you, you decided to share your box office with those in need. Uh, so this, uh, this has been uh, our experience and let's say the festivals of the pre present. 
let's now move uh, to maybe more exciting part, which is the festivals of the future. I know that we are now uh, futurologists, so we cannot predict what's going to happen next year, but definitely we have to create some kind of uh, online or offline strategy for 2021 and maybe even farther. So I wanted to uh, move um, already to your plans for next edition. Um, and I specifically wanted to ask you not only about your general plans, because I know that those still can change and evolve, but maybe to your attitude toward content, because I think this is something also that's changed much um, in last years. So uh, because I know that each of you um, have a different role in your organizations. Uh, Errol is uh, much more into industry. Uh, Nina is a, a programming director. How do you work with the content these days? Do you plan or do you expect uh, some different approach from your cur curators or do you have some special strategy uh, which is designed uh, for the solutions you want to implement? Nina mentioned uh, car cinema or aqua cinema at the swimming pool I read on your, on your website. So if this framework of the new festival world we face is influencing your content. And maybe let's start with Nina, since I mentioned you as the first one. Yes, no, it's a, uh, actually when I read your questions before, I didn't think about that. Yes, <clears throat> definitely. I mean, the the aqua cinema, it's it's boats, not the, it's not people swimming. But um, and it was very like, I mean, I was very scared about it before, but like it functioned very well and it looks very well and it's very stunning. And that said, uh, from and I don't think like when when you were asking the question before, I was going to reply. No, of course we're not going to change the the strategy about like what we're going to program. I also think like always. I mean, the films that we receive in a way dictate what we're will program. And in a way, what if I see any tendency? I mean, over the past years and maybe uh, accelerated by the by the um, pandemic is that we see more personal stories. Uh, or intimate stuff and uh, but of course reflecting on, on on what's happening in the world and how we feel about it um but yeah i don't have like a specific thing of course that said like one of the first challenges was that in a in a drive-in theater the audience is gonna be different and uh yes i mean they're expecting blockbusters and they're expecting and and and, and even like on this outdoor screen in the in the water um we probably can't, couldn't program anything with like sex on the screen or with too much violence. I don't know. But in the, so I was scared at this uh, um, at one point, but we basically tried to not uh, change the, the, the idea, the, um, the vision or that we have in our, especially not in our, in our um, competition, we didn't change anything. We had some special screenings as we always do and um, uh, to attract maybe also some different audiences. But in the end, like, and then we selected the films from our program, from that selection that could fit there or could fit there. And um, and so in the end, I mean, we screened a very similar program than in, in previous years. And uh, yeah, so some of the films that we have outdoor screenings always. So some of the films are, are uh, suitable for that and other films are maybe uh, not so suitable for that. But we, and we screened everything on, on a film, uh, on a cinema screen. Uh, and uh, and I don't know, like ninety uh, percent on online as well. So, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna be more brief this time. But uh, <laughs> just a quick, quick uh, second question. But I'm asking about next year. 
yes think. yes yes so mm -hmm. uh so yeah so i so i'm gonna be brief because i think like in a way i already responded that on one hand like we just wrapped where like we're basically still um we are also because then we continued uh after the festival um uh, uh finished uh we still had like because we had asked for permission to have a thousand views of all the films and um and there was still a demand, so people uh, didn't. So this is maybe something we learned this year that uh, it's too many films to be online. We had like 150 films almost online, like a lot of short films, of course. Um, that that was maybe too much. Um, and uh, uh, so um, I don't know. We might reduce that, but uh, but other than that, um, uh, so we, and we have uh, uh, showcases right now running in different cities in Mexico as well. Um, which also like which like where at least uh, makes the presential uh, screenings uh, possible. So we might continue all that. I think we'll definitely continue the online component. Another thing that we learned this year was uh, uh, this conversations, but also we feel we felt closer to the to the filmmakers because normally we have maybe I don't know of the European filmmakers maybe twenty can come to Mexico. Uh, but and the other ones you're not so much in touch with and this year we were like we did this conversation with like almost everybody and it felt like much much closer and there was much more like we were we want we didn't know anything so we wanted to know what's the worries of the filmmakers what's the worries of the audiences so i felt like the community sense was uh, much closer so for next year like as i said this year like already like we, we were trying to do be flexible um Always, I don't think we would change the, our, our curatorial vision, let's say, or the program. Like we're we're still focused on on, on the same core things. Um, but again, like I think we'll have to do the the cinema in the water again because the people loved it. And um, I don't know. If, I guess drive-in cinemas also. It was not a new idea. We had been planning it before. We never did it before. It works very well. Um, but hopefully we will be able to to go back to to others of the theaters as well. Um, but but yeah, let's. I mean, let, we'll we'll remain flexible and we try to come up with something new uh, regardless. Okay. Uh, so some of the new solutions you found out this year will definitely stay. That's interesting. Lars, what about you? What about Oberhausen? I've seen that you launched in the special online competitions. Yeah, very true, because we are um, planning a long-term permanent hybrid strategy. Uh, so we do not want to go back, you know, to the status before. Uh, I think uh, uh, Corona sort of helped us to develop, you know, our own skills very much, uh, you know, in technology, but also, you know, skills in, in, in the team, etc. And uh, I, as I said um, uh, in the first round, um, I find it fascinating to uh, gain a new audience while losing an old audience and, uh, or to keep both audience uh, at the same time. So, and I mean, we, what we're gonna do is a, is a hybrid version, obviously. Um, and uh, but I can't really describe you how we're going to do this because I, I, I can't watch in the class ball either uh, what will be what will happen next year in May. Um, however, I think we, we should ourselves free from the expectation, you know, that we that there is um, a need to return to 
a conventional physical edition, you know, or a version of a festival. And because, uh, you know, what, what now is possible are new forms of collaborative um, uh, festivals. So there is no need to uh, held uh, a festival in May in whatever in Oberhausen and another festival in another month and so so we we can join forces in order to bring uh, films uh, to to a new audience all year long and this is something I found very fascinating. Um, there's a uh, uh, an old um, kind of uh, term for the for the festival in Oberhausen, which was uh, way to the neighbor. Yeah, so the festival was very much uh, new in, 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 in the past for, for this uh, for this term, way to the neighbor. And I think now we can do this to a totally different uh, degree because, uh, uh, you know, in until now we only were able to attract people to come to Oberhausen. Now we can go to the people and that's uh, fascinating. <clears throat> well, thank you, Lars. Um, Arrow, um, I'm very curious, um, how would you face this? Especially that uh, what was the biggest discovery of 2020 with was the um, potential inclusion of international um, industry without the need of traveling um, to so many places. So what's your plan or long-term strategy for uh, 2021? Well, um, when it comes to curatorial aspect, I don't think, you know, we are going to change a lot of uh, things. We already re reduced the numbers of films that we were screening. Uh, we had something around 200 films this year, uh, rather than 250 films that we had uh, in a previous year. Uh, I think that we are already planning from this year to do this, um, uh, the hybrid version. The hybrid version, which will, uh, as Lars mentioned, you know, uh, find, go to the audience. It's not bring, not necessarily bring people to prison because I'm, I'm absolutely uh, sure that uh, in August next year, there will be a lot of hesitation, even if the situation improves, there will be a lot of hesitation to travel. And um, we will be continuing to uh, maintain our online presence when it comes to you know, uh, panel discussions, industry events, uh, masterclasses. We are now focusing a lot in production. We already started a collaboration with the Winter Tour where we are giving grants for short film production here in Kosovo. And uh, we will be hopefully starting a new venture with a new partnership, uh, Kosovo-UK partnership, uh, in terms of <clears throat> creating opportunities for young talent. So we are going to use this uh, option of bringing a lot of lectures, so bringing the know-how, the expertise, you know, to DocuFest without uh, having a need to bring people over. But, you know, as same as what Nina was saying, you know, uh, these outdoor screenings uh, are the beauty of DocuFest. I mean, whoever was at DocuFest knows that, you know, uh, our festival is known for its communal uh, uh, environment where we kind of, the city and the festival submerge one into the other. And, um, and uh, we will definitely have our 
a cinema on the riverbed. We will have our cinema in the castle. We have our traveling solar cinema. So basically one plan that we could not realize in 2020, we'll definitely move into 2021, which is going to be DocuFest on tour, where we are going to go to other cities with our solar cinema, with a program primarily for uh, children and young people, basically developing new audiences, uh, because, you know, uh, if people cannot come to the festival, when we see it appropriate, the festival goes to the people. And uh, we, we are planning to do that. And one thing that we are considering seriously is to extend the period of festivals. So basically running it for three months, uh, making films available for a longer period of time, uh, creating, because Kosovo is a small country and uh, we will be trying to use every opportunity to uh, to create possibilities for filmmakers to uh, create new contacts, to uh, access the international uh, market, to meet with uh, industry professionals. So basically trying to support the uh, film uh, industry here in Kosovo, uh, particularly when it comes to short films and to documentary films. Uh, and... Um, and uh, I, I guess that's it. Uh, we will not change a lot. We will definitely maintain some of the elements from this year, but we will also try to uh, bring again the elements that DocuFest is known for. Uh, when it comes to music performances, I'm sure that that will continue in an online uh, format until situation improves and until, you know, uh, having uh, large gatherings is possible. So uh, that's that's going to have to wait for another couple of years. We'll see how uh, the situation develops. And basically uh, it, it, will be, it, will, it will be a very, very interesting year. Hopefully, hopefully we will be able to travel. We will be able to, you know, return some of that collective experiences that festivals are because festivals are about these communities where we meet, where we don't necessarily end our contact with uh, when the film ends. Or for example, if we were in this panel in Torino, we would definitely continue the conversation uh, even with some other attendees. And um, that's, that's the beauty of the festival. And this is what I don't like in an online uh, format is that the moment the time is over, we, uh, kind of are disconnected. Yes, it's a pity. And uh, uh, please trust me, I hate to keep this time, putting this time pressure on you. Uh, dear audience, there are uh, at least 60 of you. So please feel free to add the questions uh, in the Q&A box. I will address them in a couple of minutes. Uh, I have a maybe kind of general question to all of you. So, um, uh, please feel free to share your thoughts uh, because you mentioned many challenges. You mentioned uh, different festival identity, finding different audience, so defining your new target, uh, changing even the time frame of the festival, looking for the for the um, possible connection between artists uh, and audiences as well, uh, or even creating a completely new festival experience. But uh, I wanted to ask you not only about the challenges, but also about some relevant topics that you think that may be uh, the biggest uh, issues or also challenges for the industry um, 
next year. It's a bit also a futurologistic question, of course. Uh, but yes, we are talking about the, the festivals uh, of the present and the festivals of the future. So uh, before we will move on to the questions from the Q&A, please uh, let's put some more ideas on the table. I think uh, a major concern of us should be the decline of commercial cinema because we all depend on cinema spaces, obviously. And so the crucial, crucial question is, uh, are those places are surviving in the future? So where, are, where uh, will be festivals held in the future? And this is something we have to keep in mind while talking about our own future. In our case, I mean, we, we don't usually like uh, always like the spaces that we screen in is not so much uh, the commercial cinema. So it's not as a festival space or a venue, not so much. But, uh, but yeah, in general for society, of course, I think it's very important that those spaces survive. And I know a lot of um, art house cinemas um, have closed down. Um, I don't know. And we just said, on the other hand, we, um, uh, we, uh, oh, like for this uh, this type of industry events, like I, I also work on another uh, in a lab uh, that we organized in, in March and also was like, had to cancel a week before. And we found out right away, this is like, it works very well for these meetings and the meetings that I've been doing in the last days for Torino. For this, it works very well, but uh, I, I think we're concerned about the production conditions and like what films or how filmmakers will be able to make films, no? So we can have a lot of industry meetings connecting people, but then how will they be able to, to, to work together? Um, I don't know. I like what, the only thing that I hope is not happening is that now I heard from a lot of filmmakers that now we have to make films for Netflix and now we have to make like, you know, to cater for the market. So I just like, uh, I think it's very important that we uh, reinforce the people in like making films with their own vision and then they will find their own, then they will find their audiences now because also of the economic concerns for, of people and I guess that that's challenging and um, and also not to like, also it's challenging, I think, to be in your home and to not uh, <laughs> become totally egomaniac in your, you know. Um, yeah, I think uh, and what we should be concerned about or what we what we'd want to do is like to find uh, or, or to support filmmakers and, and, and making their work and, and finding their voices and then we can like take care of of uh, finding the audiences or finding the screens. And, and I'm not worried about that, but, um, but yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just going to um, uh, say the same thing what Lars said, uh, because we run a cinema, we have our own cinema, which we had to close. Uh, it hasn't worked since March. And uh, what happened in prison with DocuFest's influence you know, we started organizing a festival in the city without a cinema. Today, uh, we have 16 cinemas in the city, which is like the largest city, you know, that has the largest number of cinemas per capita in the region and, uh, you know, in top 20 in Europe. So, so basically, uh, this, this is going to be um, the future concern, like how we are going to maintain our own cinema. We do a lot of... Um, 
uh, installation cinemas that we do in public spaces. But, you know, we were already talking with some of these commercial cinemas to extend the festival into the suburbs of the city because these cinemas, some of them are in the suburbs. So basically our dream when we started the festival was almost there and then came the pandemic and it kind of halted everything. And this is, this is something that's very, very troublesome. And on the other hand, it's also, uh, it's going to, affect how we are seen in a community as a festival because DocuFest's largest influence was because of the economic impact that was bringing to the city. And uh, this year, that was really, really clear. It was really obvious. People were saying like, uh, oh, the hell with the pandemic, bring some guests, you know, because that's what the spirit of the festival is. So, so um, yeah, that's 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 going to be uh, that's going to be a, a quite a quite a big challenge for the future. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Uh, we will go back to this uh, uh, list of issues for next year. But first, I will address two questions uh, from the Q and A box. Uh, the first question is from Sam from Flatpak um, from Birmingham. Uh, could the panelists offer any insight on what they think uh, the implications will be on the economics of the festivals. Do they think more money will be needed, less money? What kind of financial models are you uh, looking at? So economical aspects, who would like to share? Yeah, I can, I can maybe start in, by saying that, uh, you know, uh, the online festival, it's uh, much cheaper, at least in our case, it was like uh, much cheaper because most of our money, uh, most of our funds would go to the logistics of the festival because, you know, we were improvising, we were building cinemas, renting a lot of equipment. Uh, so basically, in a way, it was much cheaper. But on the, on the other hand, uh, when it comes to own festival budget, uh, it's like, uh, how do we uh, fundraise, you know, in a country like Kosovo, where there is no particular um, funds that come either from state nor uh, from private sector. It's very difficult because uh, the private sector is also hit and we had only two or three uh, private sponsors this year, which was really, really uh, in a big indicator that uh, things are not going well. Um, so basically what we are trying to do, we are trying to stretch the work that we do throughout the year. So basically our education program uh, with the films in schools, with our traveling cinema and with uh, uh, our film school that we are doing for young people uh, is kind of becoming uh, uh, also the bedrock of our you know, uh, finances for the festival. So, so it's, it's going to be interesting how it develops. I mean, uh, uh, definitely if uh, we maintain only the online version, then it's definitely in our case, at least, it's uh, less money is needed. But if we do a hybrid version of the festival, that's going to uh, change the situation. Yes, anyone else would like to quickly address the financial models? I'm not, uh, that's one thing in the one aspect of the festival that I don't try to try to keep out of uh, a bit. But yeah, uh, as Erod said, I mean, we're also, we're in a tourist town and um, yes, a lot of the, like the, not only the actual money that 
we need to support the festival, but um, but also the view of like, you know, how we are supporting the town and how we are working with the tourism. I mean, a lot of, um, we're depending a lot of public funding. Um, we're thankfully not depending so much on, on, on ticket sales. Like we, we, it's always been free. And we, so we, we try to maintain this in the, I mean, we, we maintained this for the online version. There was no other way, um, which also saves us a lot of, uh, you know, like questions, I guess. But yeah, um, I guess it, I don't, I mean, having done a hybrid version uh, was not cheaper than, of course, we, we, we spend less on hotels and travel and everything, but we used for the drive-in and for the, for the lake in order to be able to, to project all day, we used LED screens, which are like super expensive um and yeah we had like other like even i mean the platform we we also did it with shift and uh, uh, uh yeah that also has a cost like to do it all so in terms of of um of uh technology and i i think like we, we, our our budget was almost the same like last year and it was harder to 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 get the funding and Lars wanted to say that yeah uh, emilia if uh, with your permission um uh, there's another issue we, we should focus, which is climate change. And because we can't go on like this forever, I mean, inviting people from all over the place, you know. And uh, so we have to come up with new strategies anyway. So the, the digital is only one strand, uh, and, but there are other needs to and other questions to be answered. <clears throat> I, I totally agree. Uh, however, let's uh, let's remember that this uh, environmental aspect mostly um, is about the international industry traveling. When we talk about our regular local audiences uh, walking to the cinema, then uh, it's definitely more eco-friendly to just attend a cinema in screening rather than to stream it online at home. Um, but I fully agree that uh, it's a very important uh, topic. I have uh, ooh, quite some questions. So let's begin with uh, a question slash comment from uh, Amos Geva. Um, in a way, many festivals will become a label more than an event. What do you think the implications of this are regarding premier status requests? And also perhaps this will bring more for daring programming as some festivals take films they see in bigger ones. As they a label, there will be more demand for unique tastes and styles in a program. Thoughts on this? So question of, uh, yeah, Lars, would you like to address? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one because I, I published an article, I think 10 years ago, uh, and the title was from uh, uh, trademarker to, uh, uh, to um, trademark. And, uh, and it was about uh, the shift from, uh, of, of a festival uh, from an event to a platform. And because, uh, and that, that's a new self-understanding of what we are doing. But I agree that not everyone, not every festival can go, you know, on this track. So there are many festivals, important festivals, and having way more box efforts than, than Oberhausen, by the way, who possibly will have a different strategy and focusing more on the local audience, you know, as you mentioned, Emilia. But there, there are quite a few festivals uh, um, take just um, Sundance because they uh, just recently announced that they have an online strategy which is um, considered to be very aggressive, you know. Uh, 
Um, and uh, but they or those festivals, they have the potential to be a, a trademark. Mm. I don't consider us so much as a trademark. And I like, as I said, we're very much an audience festival. So I I had the thought this year, like with taking stuff online that maybe we could have more liberty to program like more experimental stuff and, or more experimental in the, in, as a weird word. But, um, but yeah, no, I think it's, um, we like, we have to focus on the, on the audience uh, as well with that and, um, I forgot wait, wait, what I was going to say, so I'm going to turn. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Uh, Errol, would you like to also comment on, on this strategy or should we move to uh, next questions? Well, since we have two programmers that already answered to this uh, better than I can, let's move on to the next. Okay, uh, so now we have a, we have two, uh, it's, it's still, we still have time. So uh, if anyone else would also like to ask something, please, uh, please, please do. And uh, there's a question from Nadine Asmar, um, who wants to ask two things. The first thing is actually uh, also, again, uh, about finances, but maybe slightly from a different perspective. Uh, so the question is if uh, the online edition was more uh, beneficial financially as well. Uh, in terms of reach, it has definitely reached a wider audience, but in terms of a budget, was it able to lower the financial loss of your festivals? Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, I mentioned that in the beginning, uh, the problems, the challenges that we faced were basically connected to, you know, credit cards, hesitation to use credit cards and lack of PayPal here in Kosovo. So unfortunately, uh, when it comes to financially, uh, we, we didn't have um, higher numbers. It was not that beneficial. But in terms of audiences, the audience was bigger because most of the people were attending the screenings that were free of charge. And we had several programs that were open globally. So our own production, our own films. Then we had a program that we did of our national competition for diaspora. So basically we had this open in Switzerland and uh, you know, uh, Kosovo has a big diaspora in Switzerland and Germany. So basically we had a lot of uh, uh, local films watched and uh, this, this kind of saved us uh, <laughs> because uh, when it came to audiences in Kosovo, we had a really, really low numbers. Uh, and most of our um, audiences uh, attended the screenings that were free of charge. So when it comes to you know, financial gain, uh, it was not as good as, I mean, it didn't even cover the costs of the platform. Yeah, I, I see. Um, Lars mentioned the numbers of Oberhausen, <laughs> uh, but if you would compare it to, to the typical edition uh, on site, uh, was it a difference outcome or box office? More or less, yes. Um, I mean, you can't compare it because we, we actually stole uh, almost 3,000 festival passes. Um, and, and the usual count is uh, by ticket. So that's a different thing. And uh, so I can't say, so this was way more 
successful than the other version or so. I mean, but I, I did, I, that was my concern anyway. Okay, now let's move to the second uh, question of Nadine Asmar, which is this time um, about the audience preferences. It's a bit long, so I will try to short it. Uh, so um, basically the question is, if uh, because of the availability of much um, new released uh, indie films online for free, do you think that the independent productions with, will have from now on a wider audience since they caught people's attention quite remarkably, or it could be just a short period of time limited to the pandemic restrictions and things will go back to their initial state uh, next year? How do you think? Will the taste of the audience change because of the availability of festivals? To um, re-ask the same question. Yeah, I think I think uh, this will stay. I mean, at least in our case, because uh, what happened during the pandemic when the lockdown started uh, and the things that we did together, you know, with uh, my darling uh, quarantine, we did our sweet and short uh, quarantine, you know, uh, our own production, and we started you know, um, providing a bit more of experimental, a bit more of uh, different type of films uh, from blockbusters. And we noticed that uh, the local audiences also, when during the festival, uh, this, this little number of audience, they ended up, uh, you know, going more for experimental films. So this was this was something that's encouraging, and I and I and I believe that this is here to stay. And this kind of gave us a bit of uh, 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 how do I say? It made it easier for us to also try and uh, program a bit more uh, experimental films for our educational program as well. So basically, building the new audiences who are uh, more demanding audience. Mm -hmm. I'm also totally optimistic that we're learning something from this uh, or that um, I mean audiences are, are more curious also maybe because they're watching more stuff online and the, but uh, or audiences in Mexico, for example, are very uh, cinephile and are very uh, curious and are very much online spent a lot of time online. So I think that now they have like uh, uh, found more, uh, there were a lot of like also this lists being shared of like films where you can watch online and like everybody like recommending films to their to their fellows. So I do think that uh, there are new ways of, of distributing or of curating uh, programs that, um, that can be found and that are definitely that there uh, are new or more successful ways to connect uh, interested audiences with, um, with more independent uh, uh, programming. Yes, I also agree with you. I think uh, it's a great time for us to finally catch up on the big streaming platforms, which had kind of uh, monopoly on people's taste and somehow trained people how to watch stuff online. Uh, it's time for us, the festivals, to step in with interesting offer. And uh, to continue, continue um, this, this, this topic, uh, I would like to address one more question from Sven Schwartz, um, also about content. 
Mm, what would you say are good strategies for festivals to be able to keep their uniqueness while moving and uh, presenting themselves online? In my opinion, the challenge is that the online festivals become this blurry thing where you can't really make out the differences between the festivals anymore, especially since the competition programming tends to have many films that are screened at the large number or other festivals as well. Very interesting questions. So what would you do to keep your festival unique? I actually, to be to be honest, I don't understand Swen's uh, question uh, um, to that extent because I mean the uniqueness doesn't depend on actually online or physical world. Um, it's um, I mean now the challenge is to f find uh, uh, new ways of interactivity of participation. You're in in what we are doing online. Uh, the, the Austrian philosopher, curator Peter Weipel recently said, the challenge is not to come up uh, with a better television, the challenge is to come up with a better Netflix. And this uh, is what we have to do as festivals. Um, and so I don't see why we shouldn't uh, be, unique in, in what we are doing. I think, for example, I mean, the approach uh, of Oberhausen in May was quite different from the Munich uh, approach and um, not only because of the films, but also in how we addressed an audience, etc. And so now we are improving things and we are learning little by little. So I agree, but um, it's not, I, I don't see the threat that we all will be sort of uh, uh, leveled in what we are doing or streamlined. <clears throat> I do understand the, the, the question that, uh, that Sven has, or it was a topic at some point, like or, uh, the, res the first response was like from the Mexican festivals, like usually we do share some films with other festivals. So then uh, the festivals were like, okay, but uh, we need to have the online premiere. And uh, and I think like it's, uh, as Lars says, like we shouldn't be worried about that. And I think like, uh, because there is normally like a lot of the Mexican documentaries, for example, they show at all the festivals and there shouldn't be a problem with that um, because that's the only way they get seen. Like that's the only chance they ever get, get projected during the year and I don't see a problem with like sharing the same film with like uh, I mean I guess Swen Swen's question is because now we're competing for the same audience or like not competing but we have the same audience and we sometimes offer the same content but in our experience and in our um, initial sense it was like that I mean still we we have very different audiences and uh, we're we're reaching different audiences and even the way like I mean if we put one film in like in a, in a completely different we're showing it in a different context so um, so I don't think there is a that is as much a, a challenge uh, or yeah I don't I, I don't I'm not worried about our uniqueness I'm like worried about how to how to bring that uniqueness like in the current situation but um uh but yeah it's more like a technical or like a uh interhuman problem of of how to how to recreate like a, a community online 
I have a very, very quick last question before we're going to end this session, uh, because the time is unfortunately running out. Uh, from Leah Furksi, um, have you planned or are you planning new strategies to involve the audiences for an online or hybrid edition of the Festival of the Future? So this is somehow also what you, Nina, said that you are still thinking about that. But maybe you already, uh, all of you, maybe you thought about some very particular new solutions to reach your audience or involve it more actively than um, in 2020. Uh, honestly, we we are. Um, this is something which is the biggest challenge for us as well, and we already started the um, uh, two-way communication with our you know audiences uh, that participate mm -hmm. online. Uh, we have a very specific audience when it comes to physical events that we uh, have. But when it comes to an online, um, it's it's a, it's really really very challenging. So basically, uh, organizing a bit more of uh, uh, public talks that are uh, bringing the concerns of the you know social issues here in Kosovo, like you know if we talk about how climate change is addressed here in Kosovo, how uh, uh, how do we uh, use film to uh, discuss the topics on dealing with the past, for example, uh, is something that can be engaging the audiences. We tried it this year, especially with the Dealing with the Past program, where we uh, encouraged people to watch fi a film before joining the panel discussion, encouraged the audiences to watch the film before joining the discussion, and uh, it, it kind of worked. But how to intensify this? A bit more. I think it's going to be uh, another um, way of doing the trial and error. You know, like trying doing it and then uh, see how it works. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, some other people. It's almost a final final uh, notes around. So <laughs> you better take your time. No, just uh, the same. I mean, it, it's been the major challenge, like to to because for the filmmakers, it's very important, of course, or that is what we're losing, or that is what we found out we're losing, or, and we tried everything to encourage. We had we have a lot of like community participation with like people. I don't know, like putting stupid comments on our website always, like or on Facebook or anything. But the real discussion with the films when we did the we did I mean of course we did the Q and A sessions with um, with filmmakers, and we realized that it wasn't so important to put them have them live, which helped us or from an organizational point of view, because the people would not like the questions or the comments were hello uh, thank you not directly so much about the films and I mean if they're on Facebook like even they can they can comment on it like after they watch the film so we. So we had the side of the film where we had the introduction and then you can watch the film and then the Q&A, which we recorded the week before. We had like um, a journalist do the Q&A so that uh, in a way for the kids program, we did, uh, we had like a, a group of kids watch the film and then like at least uh, talk to the filmmakers. And I don't know, we had like different different people doing the Q&As, but um, 
but uh, from from trying to recreate an audience point of view. But uh, but yeah, I think that is the biggest uh, challenge. And we and we asked the people to um, to send emails uh, with their comments, with their questions and stuff. And it was not so uh, not so many people did that. So yeah, that's uh, one of the major things we're still wondering about. Lars, yes. Yeah, Final note. Very brief. Uh, I mean, we are learning now, and and this is the best example uh, that there are new formats uh, of uh, interaction. But I mean, we don't have to be uh, to to be afraid of of the digital. Actually, I mean, why do we want to replicate? Uh, physical socializing uh, on the internet. I don't see a point in that. Uh, I mean, if we go hybrid, we can do both. So, um, so we don't uh, have to be afraid of that, not at all. Oh yes, I totally, totally agree with you, Lars. I think that the uh, online parties were the worst part of the circuit festival circuit 2020. Uh, we have one more waiting question, uh, but I'm thinking, uh, I'm afraid we have to close the session. Uh, maybe Enrico will forgive me if I will quickly, quickly answer it, because it's quite interesting. Oh yes, he said uh, I can go with it. <laughs> uh, from Stefan, Stefan Dobler, uh, how do you deal with the fact that a film has a following of 30%, meaning 70 click away, over 90 don't, don't uh, read the credits? Lars once wrote about uh, Der Zwang der Schaunes. I'm sorry for my German, in cinema, which is very relevant when it comes uh, to short programming. So what would do, how do you think, uh, um, why people click away? Why do they not stay with films uh, until the end? How do we prevent this thing? Well, be more Stalinistic. Uh... <laughs> shoot them, uh, torture them, I don't know. Um, I mean, what's the point? I mean, it's, uh, we all do this while viewing work, uh, you know, on, on DVD or, you know, uh, even on television. I mean, we, we sapping every night. Um, so, but, and again, so we, we are doing both. I mean, we are doing this online uh, in, in the way Stefan is complaining about, and I, I find it anno annoying too. But on the other hand, we still have the cinema and we can do it uh, better in, in the cinema and uh, focusing people on a, on a specific programming, which is still important, of course. I can add from myself that maybe we just need to learn to program films differently. Not in, not in programs, maybe a different forms of presentations are possible. This opens so many new options for brand new generations of content consumers, content creators, TikTokers, uh, Instagram followers, and all these kids out there ready <laughs> to experience our festivals in a brand new way. Of course, we cannot forget about the, the, the cinema, uh, but I think that this is, uh, this is the the great conclusion of this talk that we somehow have to uh, adjust. We have to find uh, new solutions and be flexible because the future uh, may bring more lockdowns. Uh, it's very uncertain and definitely as a sector, we need to um, be open to face and ready to face those changes. 
Um, thank you very much for this super interesting talk uh, and sharing uh, honestly all your expectations uh, for what next year uh, and experiences of 2020. Thank you audience for uh, a lot of interesting questions. Um, I'm very positively surprised. Uh, after so many months of uh, online talks, we still have active audience. That's something amazing. Uh, just a very, very quick final note. Um, since I'm representing Talking Shorts, uh, please remember that this online magazine can be supported by you or your festival. Go to talkingshorts.com and read more about becoming a supporting member because uh, we are a very niche initiative, which is... Uh, focused on uh, also a niche ecosystem. So any support is much welcome. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of Torino Short Film Market and uh, see you in the future.